0: How sweet Praise God. In the last several moments, I have felt the presence of God and, and realized that there was a divine extra special purpose for this service this morning. This message is meant for somebody who will be with us in service, either in the building or online. And it's a message of hope. So I hope that you will listen very carefully. If you're gonna have to do anything, do it now before I get started, because I feel like God is going to do something very special for somebody that's with us this morning on this beautiful, delayed Easter Sunday morning. Praise God, praise God. I'm glad he's alive, aren't you? At the conclusion of this message, there will be a special uh, production by our our Messiah team and choir members. So stay with me because you don't want to miss anything that's happening this morning. I'm going to take you into the Word of God, and while you're getting your Bibles out, I want to remind you that uh, tonight our missionary, Brother Paul Brochu will be with us in service along with his wife, Darla, and uh, we're looking forward to a great time tonight. Praise God. So I believe we have received our morning tithe offering, is that correct? Did anybody... Did anybody get missed? Sunday school only, no. no, I see tithe offerings up here. So I think everybody did. So if you haven't had a chance to bring your covenant offering, just bring it down now as Brother Mike is picking them up. But I think everybody's already given their tithe offering. Praise God. Thank you very much, So, So I'm going to the book of Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. And I'm going to read only two verses. I will read one from Romans and one from Philippians. So you that have your Bibles, if you want to uh, kind of get the area where both those passages are, you'll be ahead of the game. If not, we have the scripture printed for you right here on the wall. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now... The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And then one other verse of scripture is everybody's getting where they're going to be. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I pray to God that you would be able to see beyond me this morning and that you would see the God that I preach. His name is Jesus and He is the God of hope. Would you lift your hands if you believe that and would you praise the Lord? If you've been in the church 45 years, lift your hands. If you've been in the church one day, lift your hands and give God the praise for he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for your great power, your great anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your great love. I thank you for giving us hope. When I get done preaching, the pulpit is going to be removed, so somebody I'm sure is ready to do that. Just don't take it before I'm done. All right? Well, I have to stand for the whole thing, so why are you looking at me like that for? All right, go ahead. You may be seated. When we are going down the road of life, things happen. Sicknesses. By the way, I just got a great testimony that Gage received a healing while we were having an online service. But things happen on the road of life. Sicknesses, deaths, injuries, loss of a a good friend. Disagreements, failures, financial hardships. All kinds of difficulties, too many to list come to call in everyone's life at some time. We like to think that we are impervious, that we are somewhat perfect, and that none of these things can happen. But things that are stressful, things that are impossible to bear, come to every member of Adam's race at some time or another even those of us who pride ourselves in our independence and strong personalities come to overwhelming situations at some time or another Have you ever felt the need of forgiveness? Or have you ever felt the need to forgive? I admit to you readily I have experienced both. In the ministry I have met so many people who are paralyzed in their present circumstances Because they're chained, literally chained to something in their past. They are either unable to forgive or some are unable to accept the fact that they are forgiven. And boy, doesn't the devil have a heyday when we forget about this. And he reminds us of our forgiveness many times, but all of his life, he was one of these guys that could never forgive himself. He could always forgive everybody else, but he couldn't forgive himself. And although he had asked God, he carried that burden of sin around with him. Never quite feeling forgiven. That's a miserable feeling. One day, he learned of an elderly woman in his congregation who sometimes had visions. During these visions, he had heard she would often have conversations with the Lord. After a while, the minister finally got up enough courage to go visit this woman. She invited him in. She offered him a cup of coffee. And toward the end of the visit, he he cleared his throat and set the cup down. And he he looked into the old woman's eyes. Is it true that sometimes you have visions? Yes, she replied. Is it true that during these visions you often speak with the Lord? Yes, she said again. Yes, she said again. Well, he kind of fumbled around for a few seconds. His eyes darted down to the floor. And he said, the next time you have a vision and you speak with the Lord, I know this is gonna sound strange would you ask him a question for me? The woman looked at the minister and now her curiosity was greatly stirred and she had never been asked something like this before, especially by a minister. But she answered, yes, I I would be happy to. And then she asked, What do you want me to ask him? Well, the minister began. Would you please ask him what sin it was that your minister committed as a young man? The woman really curious now, readily agreed. And a few few weeks went by. And the minister again went to visit this woman and after another cup of coffee, he cautiously, yes, even timidly asked, <clears throat> have you seen any visions lately? She replied, well, matter of fact, I have. Well, he said, "Uh, did you speak with the Lord? Yes. And then he blurted out, did you ask him? Did you ask him for me? Did you ask him what sin I committed as a young man? Yes, the woman replied, I did. Oh, my God, the minister was really nervous now. And he hesitated and thought about just getting up and fleeing out of the room. But he managed to sit still and he he asked, well... What did the Lord say? The woman looked into the face of her minister and she replied gently The Lord told me he could not remember. So God not only forgives. But he forgets. He chooses to forget. And he took your sins and he buried them in the deepest sea and he put up a sign, no fishing. Forgiven. Nothing could be more powerful than that one word, forgiven. Oh, for all the perfect people, it may mean nothing. But for those of us who have imperfections, forgiven means everything. And the devil hates that word more than he hates any other word in our vocabulary. He grieves when we realize, I have been forgiven. I don't know what the God is that you serve, but I'll tell you that the God I serve is the God of hope. The God that I serve is not a God of condemnation. The God that I serve is not a God of guilt. The God that I serve is not a God of panic. The God that I serve is a God of hope who has already forgiven somebody that's listening to this message while the devil has been torturing you and removing sleep from your life, God says, I don't even remember why that man lost his sleep. I don't even remember why that woman can't sleep. I don't get it because there's nothing on the record that shows he has done or she has done anything wrong. Forgiven. given. There's challenges that come in life. Abraham and Sarah never thought they could have a son. And to somebody else, it may seem as a trivial small thing, but for them, it was huge. And and I have to say something to you. If it's big to you, it's big to God. Somebody else may not give two hoots whether or not a certain prayer that you've prayed is answered, but if it means everything to you, it means everything to God because you are God's child. Of course, you know all these things. Stories come back to my mind. I'm remembering that little Alouette orange junky snowmobile that none of you but even allow to sit in your yard. A little one-piston engine that pulled it along to the snow. And I remember when I first came here to pastor, I just want you to know it was not a lucrative job. I got proof. My biggest toy for my kids for Christmas was this historic alouette that Brother Ferris ended up cutting a quarter of the cowling out to put a gas tank in the front. My kids were the only kids running around with a modified alouette with a gas tank exposed in the front so if they hit a tree, terrible things could happen. We pleaded the blood, hallelujah, and we turned them loose, and they survived. But I'll never forget how excited and happy both Shane and Eric were that Christmas morning after they opened up all their presents, and this had been many years ago, and I slipped down the street to where Sherry and Mo Doyen were living at the time. And I cranked on that thing, I don't know how many times it took, but it started. And I don't know how my wife did it, but she kept something going on in the house loud enough that they didn't hear me pull it up in the front yard. And I don't know how I did it, but I sneaked back into the house. And when the boys were enjoying their Christmas presents, I said, you have one more present, boys. Look out the front window. When they looked out the front window, one of them, I'll let you guess which one, began to cry. And he was crying because he couldn't get his boot on fast enough. He had his foot halfway into the boot, and he was crying because he wanted to be out there so bad. And it was the best Christmas present I ever got in my life. Watching those boys get so excited over an old piece of junk that at least ran so they could ride it for a while. And they did, they rode it for one or two or three seasons anyway. I wonder how Brother Ferris felt about being my neighbor. I'm sure he had to fix it several times. <laughs> but the joy that I felt as I watched those boys scrambling to get outside with tears running down their face and trying to get a coat and a boot on at the same time. and Let me tell you something. Your father loves you more than that. Some of you have a wrong picture of your father. You're looking at him as an imposing father who has this cudgel and he's just waiting for you to make one more mistake. He's gonna whack you right upside the head. And I'm sorry, but some of us have a, a, a bad sense of who our Father is, perhaps by experiences that we've had in the past, and we relate those to our Heavenly Father. But I want you to understand something about your Father. You never had anybody in your life who ever loved you as much as He loves you, and cares for you as much as He cares for you. And it's not Father that's making you feel anxious. It's not Father that's making you feel fearful. It is that one called the devil who tries to imitate God and tries to act like he's God and poses as God, but he is not God. Your God is the God of hope. Moses and God's people had nowhere left to run. After they'd all been through, after all they'd been through, they end up at the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army is closing in. And then the waters of the Red Sea stood apart. How many times in your life have you experienced when the light of hope seemed to be setting like the sun? And it seemed even to those who have tried to be faithful that it's all over. This is it, I'm done, I don't think I can get through this. But I love how that God, from his vantage point, sees a way coming that you can't see. Much taller than you are, and he's looking and he says, oh, don't worry, So, I know you can't see it, but I have a way I've already prepared for you. I can see it coming right now. And he sees a miracle coming that you can't see. And just in what you think is the nick of time, but what God had already intended. But to you, it's in the nick of time. God brings a miracle and he saves you when fear had told you there was no use see if we're not careful we start doing like the world does we start looking for the answers in all the wrong places Our hope is built on what the doctor says. Our hope is built on what the financier says. Our hope is built on what the the teacher says. And we look in all the wrong places for the answer, but in the end, you're gonna have to discover, and I hope that you already have, that God, my God, but my God, my God will make a way where there is no way. He's able to do what you cannot do. And he has brought you to this service. Though you didn't realize that it was not going to be just a celebration of the resurrection, it was going to be a father-son talking. And, and Father wants to talk to you and say, now wait a minute, you need to relax for a minute. You need just to lift your hands to me. I've got this all under control. I know what happened and I know how to solve it. Now all you have to do is begin to worship me and praise me and take a big sigh of relief because I'm not your co-pilot. I'm your pilot. I'm in control. I'm in charge of this ship. I knew what you were going to encounter before you ever encountered it. And I've already made a way. Behold, I am the God of hope. I'm not going to let you get away with that. Somebody needs to jump to your feet right now and just start praising God that the devil's been trying to condemn you and trying to deny you and trying to cause anxiety in your life. You need to jump to your feet and say, God, I'm so glad that wasn't you talking. I'm so glad that wasn't you speaking. It was just the devil telling me there's no hope. I'm glad the devil isn't allowed to decide my future. Well, well, ma'am. What did he say? Son, he said... Tell him, I don't remember. Want to praise him again? There are times in life when your heart is breaking. I wish I could help you. In those times, pain comes in waves. You'll be fine one moment, and the next moment, you'll be bent over and weeping. Everywhere you look, it seems like there's no peace, there's no solution, there's no answer. And you try not to give up, but tears will not stop flowing. In any minute now, you're about to accept defeat. And you stand there with impossible being the next word that will come from your lips. Your vision has been blinded. And nothing's making sense. God steps up. He sees a way that you can't see. He sees a miracle that's coming that you can't see. Miracles are still beyond your view as you're trying to even stand on your tiptoes. You can't see that miracle. And God comes in and every time he saves the day. While the devil of fear says, there's no use. Here, use it. You're done. Take it and use it. You're done. You're a failure. You're a flop. And God steps in, pushes him away, and says, my child, I say unto thee, I am the God of hope. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. Paul said, there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. You know, one of the biggest tricks the devil has in his toolbox is to make you think you're the only one who has a weakness in that area. You're the only one. Nobody else has this Dirty little weakness like you do. No one else has ever had this this precaution. You are, you're peculiar, all right, but not as a child of God. You're peculiar because you are an an abject failure, he says. Go ahead, take it and use it. You're, You're done. But God says, no, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say that with me. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Remember, God is faithful. God is true. God can be trusted. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will not suffer you to lack without raising up help for you. All right, children, let's recite our verse for today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Done. Newly married, fresh out of Bible college, Ashley and Bill Larson had felt the call to be missionaries to Africa. They had received their first assignment to a village in a remote tribal area. They receive their appointment. They're getting ready to go. It's exciting, it's their life's dream. Ashley visited a doctor for what had become a somewhat of a persistent lower back pain. I'm, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you, Mrs. Larson. The doctor told her as she sat with her husband after the examination. The x rays show that you're suffering from early stages of scoliosis. And he went on to explain that her curve, her her spine was going to begin and had already begun to curve unnaturally, forcing the body to become. Severely hunched and causing excruciating pain because she had a very acute form of it. See, when the disease happens in children, it can be managed with a series of braces since the child's skeletal frame is still growing. But when it happens in an adult, there's not much that can be done. This was a shock. She said, doctor, what can I expect? And she was fighting tears. She was devastated. She and Bill had so many plans. If she were going to be strong enough to bear children and live the rugged life of a missionary in Africa, she would need a healthy back. The doctor shook his head and said, The pain you're experiencing is going to get worse. Within the next two years, you will be able to notice the curving in your spine, and I'm very sorry. Ashley nodded in resignation. She returned home to share the news with Bill. Christmas was just two days away. That night as they were falling asleep, Bill Bill sat up in bed. True story. And he spoke to Ashley in the dark of the room. Would you mind if I pray for your back, Ashley? She shrugged. She was already partially asleep. Sure. Do I have to move? Ashley was laying on her side, a position that favored her painful back. And as she lay falling asleep, Bill spent 30 minutes holding his hand above her back, not touching her. And praying silently, oh God, heal my wife. Each night during that Christmas week, Bill continued his routine. Not just one prayer, but he kept praying every night. Just as they were about to go to sleep, he would sit up. He would place his hands over Ashley's back and he would pray specifically for God to heal her scoliosis. And on the seventh night, seventh night of praying, something strange happened. Bill had been praying for his wife for 10 minutes, quietly, not making any noise, when suddenly he spoke, Ashley? Yes, she was still awake. Do you feel anything? Just your hand moving up and down along my spine. Now Bill's eyes widened. Ashley, I haven't touched your back. She sat up quickly, turned to her husband. She said, that's not funny. But Bill shook his head. I'm serious, Ashley. I haven't touched you. The only reason I asked if you felt something was because I had my hand over your back. And at that moment, I was feeling something warm beneath my hand. What do you think it was, she asked. I don't know, but I'm going to keep praying. Ashley yawned, lay back down on their bed. It can't hurt, honey. Besides, I know God could heal me if you wanted to. I just don't know if that's part of his plan for us. Ashley, how's your pain right now? Ashley paused a moment, sat bolt upright in bed, and she said, you know, actually, I can't feel any pain. There was a silence between them for a moment as they considered the warmth that had passed along Ashley's back and and the feeling of a human hand moving up and down her spine. Do you think, Ashley asked quietly, I might be healed? Two weeks later, Ashley and Bill flew to Pennsylvania to visit her parents, and there she saw the doctor that had known her since a child. She brought with her the x-rays, the diagnosis from her previous doctor. And upon initial examination of the records, her family doctor agreed with the diagnosis. He said, Honey, it's severe scoliosis, which appears to be progressing rapidly in your body. Then upon Ashley's request, the doctor, she said, doctor, please, I want you to take another set of x-rays. And so he said, okay, I will. He said, I took another set, performed an additional examination of her spine. And when he came out with the x-ray in his hand, he said, I don't know how to explain this. I don't know how to explain this, but there's no sign of scoliosis at all. Your back is as normal as any back I've ever seen. Ashley was stunned. Just goes to show you, you have enough faith. Ashley was stunned. She remembered the night when she would felt the hand moving gently along her back. And she whispered, could it somehow have reversed itself? The doctor said, no. For a person to have scoliosis as severely as you did in these x-rays and the doctor held up the old x-rays he just shook her head, his head you definitely would have had scar tissue even if it somehow reversed itself ashley said then how do you explain it the doctor put the films gently on a nearby table he smiled at ashley i've learned over the years that there are some things we on earth cannot explain Ashley shared with the doctor. Shared with the doctor the incident weeks earlier when at Christmas time Bill had been praying and she felt a hand on her spine. At the same time she felt a warmth and to Ashley's surprise, listen to what the doctor said. I quote him. He said, "Yes, when we hear of this type of thing, and we don't hear about it very often, mind you, there is often a warmth associated with it." It doesn't take a lot of believing on my part after all the human body itself is a working miracle that our creator would continue to work miracles within us within us is in my opinion quite possible. I am preaching to somebody right now that the doctor has said there's no hope. I'm preaching to somebody right now that the devils of hell have jumped up and down and screamed, you're a loser, you're a failure. You'll never be able to do what God has called you to do. But I'm calling to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I'm telling you be healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm saying to you right now, it's over for the devil. It's not over for you. It's over for the devil. It's not over for you. It's over for the demons. And I wish somebody would rise to the feet right now and begin to claim your healing, begin to claim your miracle, begin to claim your deliverance, begin to claim your forgiveness. (laughs) Mr. Devil, you're a liar. My God is the God of hope. My God is the healer. My God is the deliverer. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, I don't care how experienced you are, I don't care how inexperienced you are, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ I stand here today believing that God is healing you right now and that the fear that the devil was trying to put in your heart about past mistakes is leaving right now, why don't you throw your hands in the air and begin to worship the Lord who loves you more than you ever knew? there's a miracle taking place right now on this resurrection morning there's a miracle taking place right now One is a miracle of healing of the body. The other is a miracle of the healing of the mind. One is a miracle of the healing of the body. One is a miracle of the healing of your troubled heart. Hallelujah. Why don't you wave your hands? Why don't you just take it by faith? Why don't you accept what the Lord is saying unto you today? That wasn't God reminding you of your past. That was the devil. Rebuke the devil, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Oh, and by the way, Ashley went on the mission field with a healthy spine. And with faith to believe that nothing is impossible with God. Now, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace, and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray that you will allow God to fill you with fresh hope look at me for a moment do you think I just reached down and pulled a sermon out of the sermon box or do you think that God knew you were going to be here today and said preach this I see someone whose shoulders have been slumped and your head has been down and you've repeatedly said, why, 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 why did I do this? Why did I do that? Why did I allow this to happen? But hope is coming to you right now and hope will bring joy and peace Hope is going to cause you to abound and flourish. Hope will enlist the power of the Holy Ghost to accomplish things for you, through you, in you.